for the podcast. Both. Yeah, isn't that a rule? Like, I have to have two trulies before we talk about a movie. It's like, wait a minute, that's not. That's not. That's, bef- rule. that's before I have a conversation with anybody other than that's myself. Before you leave the I'm house talking in to the morning. Myself. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I have my morning twelve pack. Mix <laughs> <laughs> it in with your coffee. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, that actually was a thing <laughs> when my, when I lived with my dad. He had a. It was well. It was like it wasn't because he was an alcoholic. He just liked the taste of it in the morning. So he'd make his coffee and his Keurig, and then he poured in like a a liter of Bailey's or something like that. It was a more liter? like a tablespoon. It was more like a tablespoon. But I don't. I'm not <laughs> really okay. familiar with the liter. metric system. Yeah, <laughs> the metric system. So yeah. Uh, you know, a, a liter, a tablespoon, a yard. I'm not. I'm not really entirely sure. Yeah. Yeah, a yard of Bailey's. We're just stupid Americans here. And, and then I got him a flavored a, Bailey's. I got him. Uh, what about a pallet of cake? Isn't that from like Family Guy? I'll have a pallet of cake. You want to eat cake bar- off my ass? Can I get a barrel yes. of root beer? <laughs> well, for, well, Rusty, it looks like we got to eat ourselves out of another jam. Jesus Christ. How do you know all of this stuff? Because I have no life, Jonathan. No, I think that you're just able to retain information. I feel like we've watched Family Guy almost an equal amount at this point. Maybe it depends. I haven't watched it recently because I got logged out of Hulu again. Just ask for the password. I, I just, I, I don't like to be that person. What? The person who, you, you can't be worse than my stepfather. Oh my God. I want to, he needs to, I was going to say give him a spanking, but that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he needs, he probably deserves a spanking at this point though. He gets logged out of Paramount Plus every other goddamn day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the punishment that you go to. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you get a nice whack on the bum. <laughs> Pull him uh, down. Just write down the password for next time, and you won't get a spanking. Anyways, we can transition here to uh, Ducky's little trivia question. <laughs> Because John, you picked National Treasure Two for the premiere episode of season six here on those movie dudes, and I mean the full title, man, National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. I was I was going to let you introduce the film after I did the the trivia, but um, appreciate that. Anyways, you're right. I mean, I guess always jumping the the gun. Uh, National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets, because we all know Nicolas Cage, we all love him. And he's known for his wild antics mm. on screen, but his actual life is just as crazy. And if you look into what he does in his day-to-day life, it well, it, it might not shock you. <laughs> but you would be is like, he David Lynch or Tom what? Cruise? Or where is he I'd on the level of David Lynch? I'd say the spectrum, he falls Cruise. more towards the David Lynch side of things. Where like, okay. he's just a sense. wacko. One of the weirdest situations that I read about was... He proposed to this Oscar-winning actress on the day he met her in the early 1980s. She thought that he was rather strange, wow. but played along with his antics by creating a list of things that Cage would have to do to fulfill to win over her love. And then he started to work his way through the list, and she kind of got scared and started to avoid him. They then met many years <laughs> later what? and went on to get married for six years. Who was this Oscar-winning actress? A. He met her. Oh, okay. Do you have a question? Oh, so he met her in what year? In the early 1980s. In the early 1980s. Okay. Okay. Who was this Oscar winning actress? Was it A, 
Melanie Griffith, B, Meg Ryan, C, Patricia Arquette, or D, Laura Dern? Nate, you're going to answer first. You can take your time, think about it, but Nate is going to answer this first. Hmm. I was hoping one would jump out at me. There's There's no way it's Laura Dern, right? No one likes Laura Dern. I have a feeling, I'm like... I'm going towards one of them, but it's probably wrong. But my answer is going to be Melanie Griffith. Okay. Now that it comes out of Nate's mouth, it almost sounds right. Don't say that because it's going to be very wrong. <laughs> I, Laura Dern, Melanie Griffith, Patricia Arquette, and who was the last one? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Oh, I feel like I know this too. God damn it! I, I'll go. I'm going to go Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. I feel like I feel like she plays hard to get. Okay. I feel like Meg Ryan plays hard to get. Well, all season long, throughout Collector's Corner for season six, Ducky's trivia question is going to have some stakes. So I'm going to be keeping track Medium rare. of who gets them correct. And the one who has the most at the end of the year is going to win a Blu-ray of their choosing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That being said, these questions are going to be weird, just like this one. I don't expect you guys to really know this answer. That was a weird one. <laughs> that was like outside of the realm that you usually but are in. <laughs> this information does exist. Um, the answer, sure the actress that he ended up marrying for six years after doing these weird things was Patricia Arquette. I was going to say ah. that. Yeah. Fuck. Very huh. strange. Damn it. And she wasn't even, like, super active back in the 80s, so, like... Well, not really, no. I mean, she was probably mm. in some smaller roles and whatnot. Good but, for him. Yeah. Good for Or TV. Yeah. He also married oh. Elvis Presley's daughter. Priscilla Presley? She, she did, yeah. yeah. That's her name, right? Yeah. Priscilla Presley. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Patricia Arquette would have been in uh, Dream Warriors at that point, because that was yep, in 1986-ish, yep. 87, yeah, so... Did say the hmm. early 1980s. He's also a relative of Francis Ford Coppola. It's his nephew. Yep. Yeah. He's currently <laughs> so married. He just got married in uh, his name is actually Nicholas Coppola. Cage is just a stage name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah. yeah. I figured that'd be kind of a too too easy of a question, but yeah, no, he married Patricia Arquette for six years. He started to check off the boxes on her list, and it freaked her out. But many years later, they got back together and married. Uh, just shows the, the charm of Nicolas Cage. Do you know he had a kid with Alice, Alice Kim, who he's married to for like um, over 10 years, and they named it Cal L. Coppola Cage? That's a badass name. But, uh, yeah, that's no, fucking that, sick. That tracks for <laughs> Nicolas Cage in his life. He also that's awesome. has an entire set of... Uh, dinosaur bones okay yeah wouldn't surprise me and he's also at one point i think he had like one of the original action superhero comics in his collection that was worth like two point something million dollars that he just happened to have he also wanted to import a castle brick by brick overseas and they're like no we're not gonna do that he's like hello Okay. He's he's a full on enigma, man. God damn, he's crazy. Gotta, you gotta love Nicolas Cage. You oh, really we do. do, we absolutely do. And I think you love him most out of all of us because you picked you say that. National Treasure, Book of Secrets for us to talk about for the season six premiere of Collector's Corner on the Those Movie Dudes podcast feed. So, why did you pick this movie for us to watch? Well, Spencer, it's astonishing that it took us six seasons to talk about 
a National Treasure film. If it were up to me, it would have been the first one. But time and time again, I do like to say that these movies are interchangeable for me personally because I've seen each of them at least 10 or 15 times each. 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 Wow. <laughs> That's insane. I probably... It's, it's funny because like I put the movie in probably about an hour or two ago to see if there were special features, which, funny enough, there actually were quite a few that I that I watched and deleted scenes and um, just a lot of stuff with John Turneltaub, uh, which was great, but... <laughs> as it is but um yeah i don't know what it is i just for some reason like this movie just checks all the boxes for me in terms of like adventure justin bartha <laughs> diane kruger john voigt's in the movie it's just it has that perfect balance of like cringeworthy but like almost funny comedy and like adventure and solving riddles and mystery and it only works because nicholas cage is in the, in this movie and I can tell you that for a fact because the fucking TV show is absolute garbage. Oh. And they're doing the same shit. And it's just like She-Hulk melodrama mixed with National Treasure. It's fucking awful. So at least Harvey Keitel's in it, though. But the reason why I like these movies so much is because I can put this in any night. And it, I just I get transported <laughs> to find that treasure. Oh, whether it's the okay. City of Gold, whether it's the stealing the Declaration of Independence... I don't know what it is. Each of these films are over two hours, but they just fly by. <laughs> All right, well, and uh, they're just so much fun. Is is I, I'm I'm willing to admit that this is by far my biggest guilty pleasure franchise. Okay, yeah, kind of just nailed perfect. That right on the head, uh, guilty pleasure for sure. Because um, I've seen the first one a ton of times, and I really really enjoy the first one, and have. You know, it's got a lot of nostalgia for me, but the second one I've watched once in a friend's basement in middle school, and it was just like, okay, yeah, I remember one scene of him sliding down a rail and going, hello, to some police officer. One uh, of the best scenes. That's really yeah. all I remembered. Uh, so the first one I'd seen a ton of times. This one was basically, okay, let's go into this pretty much with a blind slate, but Nate, what's your relationship with this movie? So with this one in particular, I've seen many times. Uh, we watched it in school. It played on Spike TV so much Spike that I just TV. Wow. Yeah. Whenever it was on there, I would watch it. <laughs> um, but funny enough, and this is going to make John mad. I've never seen the first one. What? <laughs> yeah. But then why would you pick the second one? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you put it against it, so that's your fault. It's still just your out fault. of spite. I mean, I, I promise you, we will watch it at some point, whether it's season nine or ten. It will Grant, be on the podcast. Granted, I have seen some parts of it, like his whole "I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence." Like you have to have that moment where he just says it zooms in on him, and he just says, "Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to kidnap the president of the United States." You goddamn right. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I've I've seen this movie many a time, and it's funny because on TV they cut out some stuff, like just little bits, and so there was some stuff in here that I was like, oh, I thought that this really happened, but in the TV version you don't see it. Like when he sticks his hand in and he screams, and then they're like, oh, ha 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 ha. That's not in the TV. Yeah. In the t no, in the TV version, he sticks that. his hand in and immediately pulls it, and the thing starts to break. Yeah, people are so weird. goddamn sensitive. Whoa. That is weird. Okay. Did they cut out the yeah. part where he's like talking shit to that kid on the White House lawn, where oh, he's probably. like, 
What, I, I have think so. I think it's one. It's like my favorite quote in the whole. <laughs> he says, "Okay, run along, you impossible child. Run along." <laughs> <laughs> I love Nicolas Cage, dude. God, wow. no matter what he says. All right. Well, before we get into National Treasure and tell you a little bit about it, uh, this episode is brought to you by Anchor, and I believe Nate is just running to go light his fire, <laughs> grab his whiskey, and tell you all about Anchor. Don't spill. <laughs> All wow. right. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, that Nate. Was, that was really good. <sighs> Thanks. <sighs> Catch your breath, and I will go ahead and introduce this film for everybody, okay. including you guys. Um, okay. But National <laughs> Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, came out in the grand old year of 2007. Directed by John Turtletob, the director of National Treasure, Last Vegas, The Meg, and Bruce Willis in The Kid. Does he play a cop in that movie, Spencer? In what movie? The Kid? The kid does he play a cop in that movie? That is the question. I don't think. I so. assume he plays a. Does he play a kid? Because directed by John. You Turtle mean the Tom. Charlie Chaplin's The Kid, nineteen twenty one? No, that's that's a different film. I don't think Bruce Willis was in that. An unhappy and disliked image consultant gets a second shot at life when he is mysteriously confronted by an eight year old version of himself. Wow, interesting. Yeah, this movie has Nicolas Cage, Justin Bartha, The Krugs, Diane Kruger, John Voight, Helen Mirren, Ed Harris, Harvey Keitel, Bruce Greenwood as the president, and Modern Family's Ty Burrell. Um, <laughs> Benjamin Gates <laughs> must follow a clue left in John Wilkes Booth's diary to prove his ancestors' innocence in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Sounds crazy and convoluted? That's because it is. IMDb, 6.5. Critics... 36 audience 67 letterbox has a 2.9 and uh yeah why don't we why don't we get right into this um it actually took me until this past like month to buy the movie because i bought it preparing for the fact that i was going to put them side by side in a reveal show and make you guys pick one of them um so it felt good to finally put this in the blu-ray player um I love Nicolas Cage. I love the adventure elements of this movie. I think that with the first movie, getting the Declaration of Independence, going after the Templar treasure, it was an iconic kind of film that I feel like a lot of people grasp onto because it's been a while since, like, you had an Indiana Jones or I guess, like, you could say, like, a Tomb Raider-type film where you have to, like, solve these riddles and go through these kind of, like, dangerous kind of rooms to get to a certain place. And I always, I just had so much fun with this movie the first 10 times that I knew I was going to have fun with it again. And I think it's actually been a year or two since I watched Book of Secrets. But I think the whole idea of the president having this, like, book that has all the nation's secrets is crazy. Because there has to be something out there like this. Where, like, it gets past the Library of Congress. <sighs> It's an X Y two three four seven I, I, nine eight. Oh. I want to I want to come out and say this movie is in no way historically accurate. And if you're like a thirteen year old child trying to like write a book report and you found this podcast and you're trying to write it about American history, I would I would tell you that that's probably a poor choice because. <laughs> but we'll movie, do interviews. Oh yeah, like, we'll do interviews. I'll talk like, about the movie. Sources, <laughs> but I don't know. I just find this movie so fun. I think the two hours they don't necessarily fly by, but there's something about Nicolas Cage just going out solving riddles. Whenever he gets a new clue, he'll like sit back, lean against like a post, and be like, 
hmm, oh, Resolute, what could Resolute mean? Oh, well, there was a ship, and it crashed in an iceberg, and then they turned the, that ship into two desks, identical desks. One got shipped to the Buckingham Palace, and one went to the Oval Office. Resolute. It's just, I, I just love watching Nicolas Cage figure this shit out. And I feel like I'm along for the ride. Like, I'm like Justin Bartha's right-hand man. And there's just something about these movies that just... It makes me so happy. Yes, there are some genuinely cringeworthy elements. Most of it to do with Diane Kruger and Nicolas Cage's PG-13 romance. But that's like, for me, like, that's the biggest nitpick with this movie. And every single time it does bug me. But other than that... I just I have so much fun with these movies and I got to know what you guys what you guys are thinking. This movie is a lot of fun. I love history. <laughs> and so anything where it has to find a Trevor uh treasure uh hidden civilizations clues figuring out a mystery i love stuff like that um and of course with nicholas cage being over the top and crazy sliding down the banisters at buckingham palace and how they're just so seamlessly get into these very like off limits places without really trying <laughs> was just kind of crazy how riley could just go into the bathroom set up shop Right. Now he's able to hack into <laughs> any part of Buckingham Palace. I'm like, eh, you know what? Forget about it. Forget Doesn't about matter. how far-fetched it is. Doesn't matter. Um, Because just it, it's just a fun little adventure film. And this movie is one of the reasons why um, Ed Harris just pisses me off. Because he's the laziest mm. villain ever. I'm going to let these guys figure out all the clues, and then I want to be known for discovering it. It's like, kiss my butt, okay? <laughs> you did none of this, and he got what he had coming. Yeah, That's the thing about these movies is the freaking, the the antagonists are so frustrating. Cause it's like, you guys are such asshole Nick hassles, and Nicolas Cage is trying to, like, protect his legacy and the a nation's history, and then these douchebags are coming along trying to ruin it. But you need to watch the first movie with Sean Bean. I'll say that. Then you can decide who's worse, Ed Harris or Sean Bean. But, Spencer, what are your initial thoughts on National Treasure Book of Secrets 2? Well, Sean Bean is way better as a villain than Ed Harris. Ed Harris hair? is just like a grumpy old bald guy. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you can just tell he phones it in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, this... You, I found it. I found it. The, the thing about this movie, and from what I remembered uh, when I watched this back in the day... Is that it's just it's not as good or as fun as the first one. And when I was watching this one, I'm just like I said, I'd rather watch the first. But the second one is just it's it's dumb, fun adventure, and you get to watch Nicolas Cage try to figure out these ridiculous things in history. I mean, his name's Ben Gates, and uh, the Benjamin Harris Franklin guy is Gates, something it's Booth. Been... What's his name? What's his name is Booth, but just like jo Booth Wilkinson, or sure. Something, or, just the fact yeah. that Mitch like, of course, like they're all like related to their ancestors, and they have like the same names, and they're it's just so cheesy and silly and fun because it's Nicolas Cage, and I'm so glad that in this one, I don't know if the first one they really let Nicolas Cage kind of let loose and do his shit like crazy over the top shtick but in this one there's at least 
two to three instances where he gets to just fully go unhinged. And it's, oh my god, yeah, it's awesome. It, it's kind of like the makings of where he was going to go with his career after this movie, and it's kind of fun watching this movie in a, or watching him do this in a giant Disney film like with a big budget. So I got to kind of appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, this movie is just over the top, ridiculous, stupid. I mean, there's a one of the most insane <laughs> car chases in London <laughs> over like a piece of wood. <laughs> and it's like hey that's a native american babies treasure babies are almost dying bitch. dogs are almost dying uh they were really showcasing the fact that cars had backup cameras because uh, that was like the majority and of the shots cams. that they were using and yeah of course yeah like that's how he gets through that's how he th- ends up throwing the board out the window is he's like i can go through this uh, red light and he holds up the, the sign and he's like okay hack into the database Dude. and download the image so we'll analyze it when we get home it's like okay sure and that's the thing it's like right after that giant car chase where they took out half of london uh they just get on a jet and fly home and they're like hey dad uh can we look at that that's image? The thing. That, that's <laughs> what i was so literally gonna stupid. say dude it's like it's so the very dumb. next scene after like all of these car accidents happen and like these people are jumping off bridges there's cops everywhere it's just diane kruger justin bartha and nicholas cage just walking up to john voight's house like nothing happened yeah. like how'd they get through customs with like and- like what <laughs> and i'm pretty sure like all those kegs flying and hitting the vehicles i'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to just drive through that I, i'm pretty sure it would destroy your car <laughs> the people ridiculous. definitely died during that like that was like the avengers destroying new york city to an extent like it like there was a lot of damage where there's no way nobody got injured like Nis- nicholas cage would 100 percent be held liable i don't know that <laughs> that scene was a little bit ridiculous um but I, I, I do kind of want to go back to how Nicolas Cage just gets to be Nicolas Cage in this movie. And sadly, it's at the expense of John Voight because everyone's so mean to John Voight in this movie. <laughs> but um, he's so funny. He's so like I know. I, I love John Voight and he's so <laughs> likable. And like he's just like the old dad that can't do anything right, especially when it comes to like Helen Mirren, who hasn't seen him in 30 some odd years. And <laughs> the first time we go to see her. This, like, student comes out of her room, and she's like, I hate her! He's like, yeah, we're in the right place. (laughs) I just, Uh, I don't know. I think that was, like, in contrast to the uh, Diane Kruger and Nicolas Cage relationship, the one with Patrick Gates and the mom was actually really good. I actually liked the scenes with them, and it felt like a genuine relationship that was kind of redeveloping over the years. As silly as it is. I just liked when they reconnected, they immediately start bitching at each other about that was something. Great. Like, oh, you forgot to pack the carry-on. It's like, oh, well, who's the one that was supposed to be packing the luggage and blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. But the ad-libbing between Helen- those two was way better than the ad-libbing between Nicolas Cage and Diane Kruger. And am I weird for thinking that Helen Mirren in this movie was kind of sexy. She's kind of always yeah, had that maybe. going for her, yeah. And I was like, holy moly. And then they do the whole Tarzan swing on the vine. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to see. Dude, what about John Voight and Helen Mirren? What about <laughs> Diane Kruger and Ty Burrell in the Oval Office when she lost her earring? Because, oh my God. <sighs> that cameraman knew his assignment. Yep. That's PG 13 at its best. But yeah. still, like, that adds to that scene it was just how stupid and silly this movie is it's like oh i I lost the earring in the oval office let's just like like 
fool around on the floor and like look for it for like literally like three and a half, four minutes as Nicolas Cage is like behind like, the president's desk just <laughs> tinkering with it, like doing a whole bunch of shit. Like, what a fucking idiot. The scene goes on forever. But yeah, you know. You got, but dude, talk about a good scene. It's everything in Buckingham Palace. First, they get the they get the information when they're in France on the the, the second because there's three Statues of Liberty apparently, which I think is actually true. Fact. Um, where like there was only one that was his lady, and then they find out that to go get the resolute desk and whatever, he goes and gets the resolute desk. They have to like ride in this little food elevator to get up there, and like yeah, it's a dumb waiter, a dumb waiter, and then. Diane Kruger's like, where's the queen? And Nicholas Cage is like, oh, she's not here today because the flag is down. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, he's a fucking genius, dude. He just knows all this shit that ends up being so convenient so he can go in there and steal this ancient artifact from her desk. It's there, There's so many convenient elements, but I, I will say that some of the riddles that he was able to solve seemed easier than the first movie. Like, it was just a little bit more, like, to get the ball rolling. Where in the first movie, like, he had to really figure that shit out with the Declaration of Independence. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, Spencer, you remember the first movie yeah, all that no, well. for but sure. This, one, this movie it, seemed, like, a little easier to figure out everything. No, there was definitely, like, a, I don't know, like, a, a very fast-paced, like, flow to this movie. Where it's, just like, we can't waste time of him just filling around trying to figure this out. Like, he's just got to know it. <laughs> like, it's got to come yeah. to him or, like, be given to him on a silver platter. Um, I mean, just like with the opening scene, like when you see Nicolas Cage for the first time after the like Civil War flashback scene with uh, Lincoln's assassination, um, which is one, probably one of the worst death performances I've ever seen from that guy <laughs> who's died, died at the fireplace. Dad, no, <laughs> just no. Like, yeah, I mean. Son. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so stupid. Uh, yeah, he drops a letter in the fire. But uh, when you finally see Nicolas Cage and he's teaching at that class, and then all of a sudden John Voight comes out of the shadows and starts to give his little jargon, and then Ed Harris like comes up from the balcony above and immediately just like gets the plot going. He's just like, okay, but I have the missing piece of the letter. Yeah. And they're like, what? And then just immediately the movie just gets going. <laughs> it's just like, okay. The craziest thing is, after watching Special Features, I actually learned this, is the KGC, which is the Knights of the Golden Circle, which are like is the guy that killed uh, Ben Gates' like great grandfather, right? That mm-hmm. was a real organization. So, mm-hmm. and and their goal was to create another civil war and try to get funding to basically enslave like most of South, like was it Central America? So like this is almost based in, like and basically in this in the context of this movie, they wanted to get the treasure so they could fund bringing slavery back and starting another war. So like. That's actually kind of crazy. Like it is based in a, some sense of reality, but ultimately it's it's not. <laughs> and they <laughs> even talk about there. like Queen Victoria and the whole letter about her backing wonder, the South and what that's real. I wonder if that's real. If she had, if she was backing them, and because that's quite the claim. If there's no truth to that at all, but it's also what a coincidence that like she would back them but they need like her information to move it forward what? i'm sure there's probably something similar england um, enslaved a lot of people didn't they in africa they enslaved yeah england was one oh, of the I'm biggest sure superpowers did. of that time where they definitely enslaved people so i don't know you never know because but. but yeah no this movie's just it's a lot of fun and just the banter between everybody and how riley's always like 
oh, uh, have you read my book? And <laughs> just to keep going to it. And he's like, you didn't even open it. <laughs> Dude, I've best. never seen someone so, so like not offended, but just so sad that his friends didn't take the time to read his book. Well, they, <laughs> and then when they finally figure something out, he's like, oh, so I get to tell you. Well, I have to explain it. <laughs> Those are the best scenes because there's a scene in the first movie, too, where that happens, where. He has to explain that, like, daylight savings time wasn't until, like, 1923, and Nicolas Cage is like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, this is something that you don't know that I don't know? But this happens in, in this movie, too, where it's the the the, uh, the eagle with the scroll, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicolas Cage doesn't know the, the difference, I guess, uh, versus the eagle with the branches. And Riley's like, do you know what that means? It's something I can It's something I can't tell you. I have to show you in my book (laughs) i just i don't know it's it's because his book is such a joke which i just love dude it's riley and it's called the the treasure the something treasure the templar treasure yes yeah i i really don't think that riley and ben are friends i think that ben only uses riley because he's good at hacking and he can just be reliable with with what he needs him to do in the moment because yeah, like he doesn't read his book, doesn't really give a shit. With the opening scene when uh, uh, he gets his Ferrari towed and and Riley's walking like on the sidewalk to go meet up with Ben, he tells Ben about how like that the IRS is like taxing him for like six million dollars because he made a bad yeah. uh, uh, financial move. And then Nicholas Cage's reaction was just looking at him like, "Yeah, that sucks." Huh? Well, my family's being framed for the murder. <laughs> like, he just doesn't give a fuck about. Riley, like throughout the whole movie, so it's just kind of funny that just like it's supposed to be his best friend, and even like he's real. Riley's realizing that like through the movie, he's just like, I wish you'd appreciate me a little bit more. And like he gets the ticket, even well, though he's dude. doing the helicopter thing. <laughs> like and just Nicholas Cage just doesn't give a fuck because he like bonded with the cops over their language. Sure. Yeah. Right. Of course. It to the, the scene when they're all gonna die, and then Riley is like, "Oh, well, I guess by default, I'm the one that has to stay behind." It's like, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you're probably sure. right." Okay. <laughs> it's like, what? Sure. It's just super not okay. <laughs> I just think if I talk about Riley, he does it. But I, I guess, yeah, it's kind of tough for me to picture the two of them like not finding treasure and instead going to like grab a beer like an Applebee's it would be Riley (laughs) sitting there drinking the beer laughing and listening to music and then Nicolas Cage sitting there writing in his like little journal trying to figure out some riddles and shit yeah come on loosen up all right let's go (laughs) oh man fine Riley is so likable though and I I love the look on his face when he finds out that he was actually right about something when when Nicolas Cage is like piling these like heavy books on him and then he sees the, like the latch come down, and then mm-hmm. the book is there, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Like that's like Riley's redeeming moment. Like he's finally been redeemed. He was right. You and, know what he says? Oh, what does he say? The location, the combin, the location is the combination. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I was right," and that's when Nicholas. I think Nicholas Cage does acknowledge him because he like he does he does pats him on his back or something. He's like, "See." I think it's less about them not really being friends and more about Nicolas Cage trying to force that potential that Riley obviously has, but he's just so such a subdued person that it doesn't really Dude, come out. 
that's and when that need. happens, he's like, see, dude, you need to back yourself up a little bit more. Like He's trying to encourage him. He really is. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is why we need more movies. We need like a whole TV series with Nicolas Cage and Justin Bartha. Just them trying to figure out mysteries. And then like, it's like Batman and Robin, you know, just trying to get Justin Bartha to get it, get his shit together and turn into his own version of Nicolas Cage. Ultimately. Yeah. Uh, but National Treasure 3 is supposed to come out in 2024. It is coming next year. Uh, they have a screenwriter, Chris Bremner. Uh, he wrote Bad Boys for Life. But, John, you are watching the the TV series that just premiered like a month ago, <laughs> and Justin Bartha is in it, Riley, and uh, there's a scene where they're like, oh, are you and Ben working on anything? And he's like, Actually, yeah, we've been working on some for a couple of years, like one, two, fifteen, given like how long it's been since this sequel. And yeah. then something along, along the lines is like, "Oh, like anything to be excited about?" And he's like, "Oh, well, there's actually forty-seven reasons, reasons to be excited about this, or something like that." So, I mean, yeah. that means maybe so the script is happened. actually in like in progress to actually cover page forty-seven. So we'll see what happens, but it's only going to work, and I think. Jerry Bruckheimer knows this, and he said in an interview that came out like three weeks ago that, uh, yes, that we're only going to do this if, if Nicolas Cage, Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha, they all come back. Absolutely. Because John Boy too, has Initially, to. was like, when Jerry Bruckheimer was like, okay, yeah, let's do more National Treasure stuff. And they're like, okay, great. Like, like new cast, who do you want? And he's like, no. And that's ended up why we got the, Nicolas Cage. the spinoff show with the new cast. Because they had to do kind of like one for you, well, one for me now. Make my national treasure for yeah. Nicolas Cage. Dude. <clears throat> so it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. My hope. What if it, it, what it, if it is, was about the Holy Grail? It could change everything. Last kind of did that. I feel like they can't do that because of Last Crusade. I this just, movie is very much influenced at, by Indiana Jones. Yeah, so oh, if they yeah. if they actually went and did Last Crusade, uh, my hope, and I have a hope and a prayer, that because this spinoff series is so bad, that if they're trying to, like, pass the torch, I'm that'll really, really piss me off. As a National Treasure fanboy, I, I, especially the lead in the show is so terrible and badly written. It's probably not her fault, but... Um, it would ruin it. It it does need Nicolas Cage. And the fact that he signs on for any movie under the sun makes me think that, like, why won't you sign it for National Treasure 3? I don't know what's stopping you. You'll take a paycheck for literally anything. So It's not that he doesn't want to come back and do paycheck. it. It's just that it got, it's got to be greenlit and the script has to be approved and he's got to be on board. It has to be Disney? Yeah, D- Disney owns it. Yeah. Yeah. That's another problem. They need to make a ride in in Disney World for National Treasure. Can you imagine? You're going through like the the City of Gold and the Templar Treasure Site and all the stuff. Like running Nicholas, over people in the streets of London while with dogs and yeah, Nicholas Cage is like commentating the, the whole thing. <laughs> Beer kegs getting thrown at your cart. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that sounds great to me, but I mean, yeah, well, I feel like there's so many things you can do and twist with history to make it all work with Ben Gates and these characters. And it's already, you know, the movie already knows what it is and it can just have fun with it. It can twist things and make things super stupid and campy because that's what these movies are. And so I I don't know if it, it, it's got to be theatrical for sure. But even if they did just do like a National Treasure 3 rated Disney Plus, as long as it has Nicolas Cage, Justin Bartha, and Diane Krug's back, 
That's all that matters. So the Krugs, exactly, and I John Voight. Don't I, forget John Voight. Yeah, we'll see. Well, John Voight. Well, if he makes how it, old is he now? He must be oh, he's, eighty he's still alive. So. Yeah. They need huh. to make the movie with John Voight. Otherwise, it's it's truly not worth watching. It's it's that the, those character moments between Nicolas Cage and his dad make the film. Like, do you think it's really that easy to clone a cell phone? I don't think so. The fact that like that diagram pops up and it just perfectly mimics someone <laughs> else's love- cell phone, I'm like. What I love the that fuck? scene. <laughs> like, that, where do you get that really... technology in 2007? The technology is so outdated in this movie that it makes it so much more fun to watch because, like, razor flip phone. It's, yeah, it's that, drone. and and then yeah, the uh. the the freaking how he's helic- he's he's controlling the drone as this tiny like standard definition like camera quality, and he's like zooming in, and it's like perfectly crisp text. It's like it's ridiculous, but um oh. oh. This film was released on December 21st, 2007. So it was a Christmas movie. I guess some could consider that, but uh, this is actually the debut segment of Nate on a Date. So, uh, Nate. Nate on a date. Why is that December 21st, 2007? And why is that important? Well, the year 2007, it was quite one for film. The Departed won Best Picture. Forrest Whitaker won Best Actor. Funny enough, Helen Mirren won Best Actress for The Queen. And M. Night won Worst Supporting Actor at the Razzies, but we don't need to talk about that. Lots of good films came out that year, but we're looking at December 21st. And one film came out on December 21st of a different year that holds a special place in my heart. And I am going to try and get you guys to guess it. The film that came out on December 21st was 2016. Jonathan? Was it La La Land? Incorrect. Damn it. Hacksaw Ridge. It's incorrect as well. Um, I'll give you the Rotten Tomato scores. 86% critics rating, 70% audience rating. 86% Rotten Tomatoes. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of your list. Mm. I'm blanking on all of 2016. I can think of like every other year for some freaking reason. It was a horror film. Dun, dun, dun. Hook, Jonathan. Oh. Or Spencer. No, I think Jonathan uh, first. Oh. Okay. Jonathan? Hit Chapter 2? That was 20. <laughs> nope, that was 2019. I don't know. I suck at these. <laughs> Mr. Ducky? I'm going to be so bad for this whole season. Um, What does this have to do with National Treasure, Nate? Come on. It doesn't. Remember, it it's Nate be... has a date. This is the only time Nate will be on a date. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 86%. Either way, this would be the whole podcast. I actually think this is fun. <laughs> I just feel stupid. I just can't think of any horror movies that were in... <clears throat> All I can think of is like It Follows, but I know that's 2014. Can you name really one actor in the movie? <laughs> I can, actually. I feel like that's... Brian that's... Cox. Uh, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. And that's Ducky okay. that's gets what I the need. first I need point of season six. Wow, that's crazy, because there's like five horror movies in your top 20. 
20 and your top 25 of that year it's like ouija origin evil conjuring 2 don't breathe 10 cloverfield lane i guess you could call somewhat of a horror movie but john yeah. you own that movie yeah i do own that movie why didn't you say that <laughs> you bought this movie well, at, at uh I, full moves this is the first episode that we're trying nathan's on a date and like you said i'm never gonna actually go on a date so i had to yeah had to so you this. definitely you definitely worked hard on this question that was a good question that was tough but congratulations, Ducky. You got the first point of season six. Okay. Um, Nate has a date. I'll Not take really. it. Nicholas Cage. National Treasure. If you could describe this movie in one word, what word would you use? I don't want to choose the obvious choice and say adventure. So I'll say chaos. Okay. It's chaos. a pretty chaotic film. And it wouldn't be... It is. Without Nicholas Cage, it wouldn't be chaos. But Almost like an organized chaos. Organized they know what they're doing, but it has to be ugly to get there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that like, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to kidnap the kidnap president, the of, the United president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot it was Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, he's he's great as the president. The scene, Dude, the scene when they're, when Riley is booking all the locations, so they have to go to, uh, I don't know. Mount it's Vernon. Like Mount Vernon, yeah. Love that. I would Spencer, go... can you think of a, a little word? I would go silly. Oh. It's silly, oh. stupid, fun. That's what this movie is. It knows it. Nicolas Cage knows it. He brings that with his performance, <laughs> as he does with everything, but he's always committed, and that's why we love him. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. Cool, cool. I guess I could just give my final thoughts and grade here please uh, do just because i feel like you guys might do it i dare you higher than me with this film um the nostalgia doesn't run too deep with this movie with uh, and me it's mainly with the first movie but the second one here it's a decent sequel i don't think it improves on the first one at all stuck it stuck to what the first one did well and just you know did an average job of uh recapturing that those same feelings but <laughs> as i was watching this movie it's like okay yeah i definitely remember the first one being just way more intense or just way more like there was more stakes there was more it felt a little more risk. in a way this one was just like okay like the first one worked we got a fan base now let's just lean into some of the more silly corny elements and you know, make a fun movie in the process, and I think it—I think it is a fun movie. Uh, it's not great, but you know, it is what it is. And Nicolas Cage gives a committed, fantastic performance when he gets to unleash in the museum, or when he gets to turn around and scream that he's overreacting at John Voight. Uh, it just makes the whole movie worth it. So I am going to go. I'm not going to get it to fresh. I'm going to go two and a half out of five Ooh, two and a half out of five it's a decent movie but um it's just you know it's not a sequel that's going to be talked about it's not the first one okay understood um i'm kind of on the same board but i do enjoy this movie because it's it's a fun two hour sit down you just get this almost alternative history storytelling and you just have a group of three people that are just i think they work well together just diane kruger is just kind of the smart um like bring it back to reality type person then riley's like the goofy sidekick and then nicholas cage of course the leader but 
I just, I like anything that has to do with history. And then, of course, when you add a, a treasure hunt into it, like what person doesn't want to just go on a treasure hunt across the world and do all this stuff? Um, I most certainly would. But I'm very curious to see what's on page 47. I have some ideas of what I think it could be. But I, I enjoy this movie. It, I've watched it many, many times. I've probably seen it. Six to eight times all the way through. Just because it was on TV a lot. If I was sick and it happened to be on, I would just play it and watch it. I can't believe you haven't seen the first one. That's that's insane. After seeing this one eight times, you've never seen the first movie? Well, it was one of those things that these movies were introduced to me in school. Like, we would watch them just as, like, a fun day. Sure. But we never watched the first one. Or if we did, I never paid attention. So, like, yeah. there's some things I remember about it, but I will definitely watch it. Um, but I'm stuck on the grade. You know what, John? I'm, I'm going to humor you, and I'm going to give it a four out of five. Holy shit. Wow. I, I, okay. I get how cheesy it is and how silly and all this stuff. And you guys know I have OCD. I have to rewind shit sometimes. I didn't really have to I do, do that with this one. Man, these movies have a special place in my heart. The feeling of nostalgia holds true every single time I watch both of these movies. I've said time and time again, they're interchangeable. I think that they both have their flaws. I think that National Treasure, the first one, there's something about Nicolas Cage stealing the Declaration of Independence. Oh, and I don't want to spoil it. Damn. I was going to talk about one thing that happened, but I won't. That's okay. And we don't need to... Nate doesn't have to take out his headphones. I'm not going to say it. It's okay. What I think that this movie does well is it, it doesn't improve upon it, but it just brings back the same the same amount of fun. I think it's even a little bit more silly. Like, there's more joking moments. And it does expand upon um, the Gates family. It brings in his mother. And I I don't think that that was shoehorned in there. I actually really like the relationship with, with his mom and, and Patrick Gates as... Uh, or John Voight as Patrick Gates, and maybe Ed Harris isn't as good as Sean Bean, perhaps. I think Sean Bean's actually a lot more menacing because that man is legitimately trying to murder Ben Gates throughout the movie. Um, so, and I think that the Templar treasure is a little bit more cool than the the City of Gold, ultimately, but it's just a lot of fun and I could pop this movie in literally any night. I was watching the deleted scenes tonight and I almost wanted to hit play again, but we had to do the podcast. So I didn't, if they ever come out with a 4k of either of these films, that's an instant buy for me, but this is a four and a half out of five for me. I had a feeling <laughs> I'm Both not surprised national treasure <laughs> one. That's a five out of five. It's one of my top 10 movies of all time. That's without question. National treasure two book of secrets, four and a half. And it's only because I do not like the ad-libbing of Diane Kruger and Nicolas Cage in Buckingham Palace. I think they could have cut some of that out or just maybe scripted that a little bit better. Um, that bugs me. And, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And thank God we got to watch National Treasure Book of Secrets on the podcast. I just, yep. I'm and that's really it. <clears throat> looking forward to... What did you give it? Oh, you'll, have to, you. you'll, have, you'll have to listen back and find out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, but I'm really looking forward to what Nicolas Cage is going to turn to the camera and say with the most right? upper intensity oh you can possibly imagine. Because, like, he, what does he say in the first one? He's like, oh, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. This one, 
I'm going to kidnap the president of the United States. Second one, or third one, what's he going to say? I don't know. I'm going to slit the throat of that alien. I don't know. I, I'm i going to go back. No, what if there's time travel? What if he goes back and saves John F. Kennedy? Time travel was the first thing that went through my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back like, and kill well, Hitler. <laughs> Just like, Holy shit, anything. Go, he okay. could say anything i'm yeah i'm gonna go into the future and prevent world war three it would be <laughs> he starts it if instead of saying kidnap in this movie he's just like i'm gonna fuck the president of the United States. <laughs> justin Bird's like i'm sorry what <laughs> it's just no, him no, and no, Bruce no, no, he's just like frogging out the fucking door <laughs> i just dude i just love how these ridiculous claims of nicholas cage it takes him 30 seconds of convincing and everyone is like oh yeah okay let's do that I it's also like, really like that. Like, he's, fucking ridiculous. He's a, he's a historian. Like he's kind of a nerd. And, but I, I love that they gave him like a little like Bond scene where like he has to sneak into the president's party and like he like run, like takes off like the scuba suit and it's a tux and it's just like what the fuck. Okay. <laughs> that had that had one of my favorite moments because the the guard like pulls up to John Voight and they're like, "Sir, you can't. Oh my god, you can't so be good. fishing here." And he's like. Oh well, I'll have you know, and then the guy goes, "Oh, I could have you persecuted, persecuted no, he, to the fullest extent of the law." Like, and he's like, "I'm making my way out of here." No, he's like, "But this is where the fish are." He's like, "That may be, but you know, I can detain you for forty-eight hours without cause." Well, he's I'm like, gonna go back "I'm going to go back I the came. way I came." <laughs> <laughs> I could do this movie is so quotable. I just, John I just, Voight. I love everything about it. Yeah, that's the thing. John Voight is so underrated. And one more thing, the soundtrack in these movies is so fucking good. Come on. It's so epic. Are you kidding me? I it might be like a little generic at Stereotypical times, but... adventure music. But it's so I don't good. know. I, I literally don't remember a single <laughs> musical moment in any of these movies. But if you say That's so, insane. I'll take That's your word That's insane to me, yeah. Spencer. <laughs> You're crazy. It, just other than the generic sounds that you would expect out of a Jerry Bruckheimer mid-2000s film. Um, it but, works. Yeah, that's all yeah, I can say is it works. Fun. But yeah, that was our episode on National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. Stay tuned for whenever we talk about the first National Treasure, uh, because Nate has never seen it. That's that's exciting. Here. I'll be sick that episode. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but huh. next week you will not. Whoa, be sick. whoa, whoa, whoa! What did John learn today, Spencer? <laughs> John learned today. What'd you learn today? Yeah, Spencer, thank you for uh, remembering my segment. Appreciate that. But if you guys want to sit back and relax here, oh no, this is my segment. If you guys want to sit back and relax, this is going to be a long one. This is going to be a John monologue, and you're going to have to get used to it every episode. It's going to be longer this time because it's about my movie, but with yours, it might be a little bit harder to come up with what I learned that day. However, I've learned. That I truly won't be able to move on with my life until I can sit in a movie theater with Nicolas Cage, Justin Bartha, <laughs> Diane Kruger, John Voight, and of course Harvey Keitel, assuming the film takes place before the event of National Treasure Edge of History for the long-anticipated National Treasure 3, and ultimately find out what was so damn important on page 47 of the President's Secret book. Apparently, we're getting a film in November 2024. And we've been teased with these rumors before, and none of the main actors have officially signed on. Except one guy. If you go on there, he's like a like a party guest. There's one dude credited. But 
Either way, I have heard rumors, however, of a completely different story proposed by the massive talent director, Tom Gormacon. This film would have Cage working on the third National Treasure movie alongside John Voight, and they discover that the map they are using as a prop is actually real and decide to go on adventure themselves. This movie would be called The Unbearable Weight of National Treasure. <laughs> have you seen The Unbearable Weight of National of uh, Massive Talent, Nate? No. Well, it's Nicholas if for those of you who don't know, Nicholas Cage plays himself, and in this movie yeah. he would be playing himself on the set of National Treasure Three, only to find out that this prop map is actually a map to a real treasure. So so it's like a metaverse type thing. It's a metaverse, and I'm not 100% behind this, but I do think that if they were to settle on something that Nicolas Cage would sign on to do, if for some reason that Disney still didn't like the script from fucking 15 years ago that they've just been like heckling with, this would be cool because it's been proven that this works with Nicolas Cage playing himself. So I think that if he was able to kind of like channel Ben Gates and find a treasure while also playing himself, I think that would be awesome. And there's no other actor that I think would be able to pull this off because he's able to act as himself and channel other characters. So I think that this could be really cool if for some reason they don't do the whatever scripts people are proposing, but the unbearable weight of National Treasure. If that happens to be National Treasure 3, I'm fucking all in. I just went to the <clears throat> the IMDb of National Treasure 3, and I do see that, yeah, one person is credited, uh, Ray Gaspard, as Wake Guest. Uh, he definitely is, John is an Death extra in the TV series and just fucked up his IMDb login. <laughs> he, d- he put himself as the only cast member of National Treasure 3 when he's just an extra in the National Treasure Disney Plus oh, TV Oh, dude, that's super demoralizing. That's so that means that hilarious. National Treasure 3 is not at all... Oh, no, 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 it's still in development. It's It has a release date. Jerry Bruckheimer gave an update on it, just that they're still working on the script. They want to make sure it's good. We've talked about this. It's 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 going to happen as far as we know. However, no director is attached. John so we'll Turtletop has to do it. I mean, he hasn't done he anything. Has to do it. I think you could easily throw in... Um, no, I think John Turtledup has to do it. Finish the trilogy, man. I think he did a good job with the first two movies. I think there's a good balance of adventure and comedy, and he 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 does value both of those things. Where I think he's the right guy to bring back. Truly. But. The last thing I do want to say about these movies is on on their. Letterbox pages, they give a little excerpt about the movie. Both National Treasure and National Treasure 2 have the same line. <laughs> the greatest adventure history has ever revealed. Mm. Very contradicting. It's not <laughs> wrong, that. though. I'm like, it's not wrong. Well, no, but how can the first and second one be the greatest? Because at the time, the first one was the greatest until the second one happened. Right? Well, they should have said that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough national treasure talk. Um, next week on talking the about national treasure feed, one. We're back to Nate's picks. <laughs> Nate, what have you picked for us to watch next week? I have chosen the film Solo. Hundred and twenty. Oh, I'm. Uh, never mind. It's actually uh, a Serbian film. Now. Oh. No, it is Apocalypse Now from Nicolas Cage's uncle. 
Francis Ford Coppola. Holy so, shit. Wow. Yeah, so it's we for some reason were able to connect those two films. I guess so. so. That will be <laughs> Yep, that will be uh next week's episode because uh I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah, oh yeah. So I've only seen the oh, we'll, get, we'll get into it, but it's a film that John has never seen. So Nope. It's always fun. And it's a well, probably one of the highest acclaimed films that you probably have never seen. So it's a pretty common trend on the podcast that uh, Nate picks mm-hmm. a film that I've never seen, and usually one that Spencer hasn't seen either. So I'm looking forward to it. And that's why you should just follow us wherever you get your podcast, or search those movie dudes, and you can look us up on Instagram at those movie dudes to get notified whenever we post episodes. John, uh, I don't know if he's going to still do his little movie of the day, but that's always fun, and you can just participate in some trivia questions. So follow us on Instagram. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for Ducky. Quack quack. Yep, and don't you guys worry. Mainstream Boys will be back on a monthly basis as well. Um, it's going to be a slightly different format, but make sure to keep up to date. It usually comes out uh, the second week of every month. So there's not a lot of movies coming out in the next month or two, but uh, hopefully some quality over quantity if we're lucky. Let's get listening to season six episode one season six episode one and i hope it's fun for everyone i'm done that was nate